Welcome to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast with your hosts, John Couture and Sierra Couture. We all have daddy issues. Ours just comes with an extra helping of blood and gore. Welcome back to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm your host, John Couture. I'm your host. I'm the co-host, Sierra Couture. That's right. Your host, co-host. You can be whatever you want, kiddo. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. Well, it's 2023. Are you ready to start a new year? Yes. What have you been up to lately? Because um, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since we recorded. This is technically episode nine. And while our ambitious goal was to record one episode a week, I, I think that's a little too ambitious for us. So yeah. We're, we're, this uh, 2023, our goal, I think, this year is to record two episodes a month. So we get 24 episodes by the end of the year. If we do a little more, great. If we do a little less, well, forgive us, right? So what's yeah. going on with you, Sierra? What have you been doing lately? You been watching any good movies? Yes, 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 yes. We watched many good movies that will soon be on the podcast. So. That, that's true. That's right. Not Just because we haven't been recording podcasts doesn't mean we haven't been watching movies to talk about. And we got a few surprises coming up, but uh, we just wanted to say that we want to thank our listeners. Thank you for watching. And, and for, you, for those of you that are t- uh, for watching or listening or whatever you're doing, <clears throat> and for those of you te- uh, coming in for the first time, a little bit about what we do here. Um <clears throat> Basically, we're a podcast that uh, my daughter, Sierra, is uh, 11 years old, and she started watching horror films because she got a big interest in Stranger Things, and she asked me what else that could she watch that was like that, and to be frank, there wasn't a lot out there like it. That's why Stranger Things is such a great, groundbreaking show. You like it, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. So... You know, she wanted to watch more horror films, but there isn't a real good guide out there without any video stores to help guide her. I felt the need to kind of watch some horror films with her and go about talking about them, and that way, hopefully, making it more accessible. And for you, if you're listening to your parents, this way hopefully help you with your kids and reading films that are more relatable. So we started off with Psycho, and we made it through eight episodes, and now we're ninth. And this is one of my favorite episodes. This is one we've been working on for a while because this is the one we've really been kind of looking up for, isn't it, Sierra? Yes. Are you excited about this one? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our first film. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Imagination. 
seven. Can I help you? First film today is Friday the 13th, the original 1980 film directed by Sean S. Cunningham, and it is widely regarded as one of the first traditional slasher films. Well, yes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre predated it, and some other films definitely predated in the slasher genre. I would say... Texas Chainsaw Massacre was first. Yes, of course it was first here. I'm not arguing that, but I would say that looking back... Friday the 13th and the main protagonist, Jason Voorhees, is certainly someone who defined the entire slasher genre and I would say horror as a, as a whole from the 80s. So the 80s, you know, you didn't grow up. I grew up there in the 1980s. It was the time of horror nirvana. I mean, great horror films were coming out every other week at the box office. They are doing great bank. I mean, just to give you an idea of how, um, how much interest there was in horror at the time, um, maybe a little spoiler on a podcast, but by the time The Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, the original Friday the 13th came out in 1980. In the year 1984, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first film came out, and the fourth Friday the 13th film came out. So basically they did a film every year, 80, 81, I believe 83 and 84, so they took a year off there. Uh, but So that tells you just how much uh, interest there was in horror and how well-received it was. So let's talk about Friday the 13th. And just a little disclaimer, uh, really we're going to just do the first Friday the 13th, talk about that, and then watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, talk about the two slashers, talk a little bit Jason and Freddy and back and forth. But it came became very obvious, and, and, and I kind of knew this, but Sierra was surprised, was that you know in the first film you don't even see Jason except for as a child being drowned. Um, and he doesn't really take over the killing duties until film two, and then he doesn't put on the hockey mask until film three, and at that point, you might as well just watch the first four because they're kind of a self-contained four-film f- f- uh, story, and that's what we did. So we've actually you've actually watched the four Friday the 13th films here, so talk yes. about Friday the 13th. What do you think about the, the franchise? What do you think mm-hmm. about this initial film? I like the first one because you don't think... Well, you think that Jason is going to be the killer because that's the name of, well, not the name of, but, like, the main, like, you hear about it everywhere. Right. You hear when, about Jason when you hear Friday the 13th. You don't hear about absolutely. his mother. No, absolutely. When you, when you, I mean, if there's, as much as uh, Freddy Krueger is a, uh, is synonymous with Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason Voorhees is synonymous mm-hmm. with Friday Thirteenth. I mean, yes. he is the killer. He's in the hockey mask. He's iconic. That's it's in popular culture. You are eleven years old, and you knew Friday Thirteenth means Jason in a hockey mask. So for and that was actually a pretty interesting realization I made 
in terms of um, watching this again with you is something that I, I didn't think about for someone of your generation. That's like a huge twist at the end of the original Friday thir- uh, Friday Thirteenth movie was when when they reveal Jason's mother as the killer because you naturally assumed that Jason Voorhees was be- was going to be the killer, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Absolutely. So so it was a big twist. Now again, the big twist in nineteen eighty when it originally came out wasn't so much that it was you know Jason's mother versus Jason because we didn't know who Jason Voorhees was when we watched the original film. He was just a kid who died in the lake. And this is before the other films came out, so we didn't know he would be, turn out to become this prolific serial killer in a hockey mask. So, but the original, the original twist in that ending uh, was the gender, the gender reveal, because you know up to that point, most slashers, if not all slashers, to that degree, were all men. So the fact that a female was doing the killing and it was quite a gender reversal, and that was really the big reveal at the end of Friday Thirteenth, was that the killer wasn't. A man it was a woman even though in the movie you don't you know you see it from the killer's point of view a lot of the time so you see like a glove or a big heavy booted foot of the killer which you assume they're masculine the gloves and boot are very masculine looking so you you get that assumption again that it's a, a male killer but it's really a female killer so you know, at the time that was a huge reveal and a complete you know a, a shocking twist but then mm-hmm. again as i mentioned when i went back and watched with you as I'm sure you can say, and go ahead and lead in and in, in expound upon it, but you know, having Jason not be the killer was pretty was pretty life changing for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I really thought that Jason was going to be the killer because you think of Jason like as you think of Michael Myers at Halloween. Sure, yeah, Jason absolutely. Is the human like not the human? I guess he's not human. Jason, uh, I mean, he started as human. Jason is the serial killer yeah. of. absolutely it's like you know you know having halloween without michael myers and you can't that's can't do that that. you know for the killer ended up being michael's mom you'd be like like a scream movie that includes a jack-o'-lantern instead of ghost face like some jack-o'-lantern walking around Okay. Yeah, and you know, Sierra's you know revolve you know you know putting a little bit of spoilers out there that we have been watching a little of the screen movies as well. So maybe those films will be coming up on future podcasts. You know, we are getting excited for the sixth film that comes out in a couple months. Uh, so you might uh, you might see a little um, you know a little scream podcast come out Oops. around the review. <laughs> around the release of the original film because you know again there's nothing better than going to see a horror film opening weekend with a crowd uh, with all the twists still you know not spoiled and, and things. So definitely looking forward to that. And I thought it was important definitely to watch a lot of horror films, a lot of Halloween, the Friday 13th to kind of get your basis for scream. And that's kind of where we're going. So, uh, you know, it, we felt, I think you felt pretty comfortable watching the scream films with, after yeah. seeing them. So, yeah. so back on uh track, uh, one of the things that was interesting about the first four Friday 13th films is how many, um, can't well, not really cameos, but the young actors who you didn't, you probably didn't know, uh, that made their debut or, or made it, you know, played a role in Kevin in his, Bacon. Yes, Kevin Bacon is the first one. He was in the original films, Friday Thirteenth, and uh, uh, as as many as like many of the people who were in Friday Thirteenth films, he does meet an untimely demise in the film. Oh, I was gonna say that. Oh, okay. What were you gonna say, Sierra? I was gonna say that Kevin Bacon didn't make it. <laughs> 
Kevin Bacon didn't make it. That almost rhymed a little bit. Nice. But did you know who Kevin Bacon was before you watched no. this film? No, you did not, unfortunately. I, I guess I am a bad dad in the fact that I have And not. I still didn't know who he was really after I watched the film. Fair enough. I have yet to show you Flash, uh, Flash Dance, Footloose, uh, which is one of his iconic films. But, I mean, he's an iconic actor. He's been around forever. So you'll, you will see many films uh, in the coming years that have starred Kevin Bacon. And recently he was the – he did play a role in the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which we watched. So – again you know who he is you've seen him act and you're like hey that's the guy from friday the 13th yeah not the guy from all the other films that we know or why uh pete would uh you know would want to be you know have him as as part of his christmas gift all right well let's uh going back with also i should note that in um not just kevin bacon in friday the 13th the final chapter part four uh as many of us will remember Corey feldman played tommy who was a pivotal moment in that film uh, he's ultimately the person who ends up killing Jason at the end. Um, and Corey Feldman, again, Sierra, you probably don't have context for this, but Corey Feldman was huge at the time. He was in Goonies. He was in, you know, so many of these films that were iconic to growing up. You know, he was in Gremlins. Um, you know, he was he was just, uh, you know, he was in The Lost Boys, uh, which is definitely a film you need to watch as well. Um, you know, the two Corys. He was he was like Tom Holland of his generation. So, that was, so what do you think about that? Hmm. Wait. He was Tom Holland of the generation. Yeah, as, he he is to what we were growing up. The two Corys were what Tom Holland Who's is. Two Cor- two there's Corys? there's two Corys. Corey Feldman and Corey. Um, oh, I don't know Corey. I want to say Corey Hart, but he's a wrestler. Uh, it's That's gonna a wrestler. Yes, the other unfortunately the other Corey passed away. He's no longer with us. Um, it's gonna drive me nuts that I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Maybe by the other podcast it'll pop in there. But uh, and everyone else listens to me is going. No, of course it's Corey. Anyway, uh, there were there were two Corys. They were in a bunch of movies. Uh, License to Drive was one of my favorite ones uh, of the, the core, two Corey genres. Although, of course, a Dream a Little Dream was also very fun as well. I enjoyed that one. Um, Corey Feldman and Corey. It's going to bug me. Oh, well, we'll get back to it. Um, but he was so so he was uh, he was Tommy. And then there was another uh, uh, actor, young actor who um, was just before he got a, a, his big break in the Back to the Future films. That was Crispin, Crispin Glover actually played one of the young campers who, again, meets an untimely demise in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, part four. And I had never realized that Crispin Glover was in the f- final chapter. Why did they name part four the final chapter if it's they have like ten more movies after it? Well, that's a good question, here, And to be to be quite fair, uh, you know, we can go down this rabbit hole if you'd like. I, I know I have way, I know way too much useless Friday the 13th knowledge. Technically, the original Friday the 13th films were, were um, kind of envisioned to be a trilogy. So that the end of part three would have been the end of the Friday Thirteenth films, but they didn't never really packaged it as part three as being the finished one because they're making good money. Um, they're making less money as the, as the franchise goes on, but they're still making good money on Friday Thirteenth. So they wanted to kind of at the end of part three they want to leave it a little wide open, and um, so they did. And then then and long story short, but there's this guy at Paramount. He was a you know, he was a second AD on part two. He was a producer part three. And apparently he has such a fragile eagle ego that he was upset that the people weren't getting him as much credit for those films. So he, the story goes that he wanted to stick it to Paramount, stick it to um, the f- Friday 13th franchise, as it were. And he wanted to kill Jason Voorhees, you know, to ensure that the franchise wouldn't go on because he felt like he wasn't getting his due 
uh, you know, respect and, and, and all that. So, so he created Friday 13th final chapter and made sure to kill off Jason Voorhees. So, and, and, you know, but then there's Friday of like five and six and seven. And right. Eight, and we, and we and haven't gotten ten. there. And again, we could, we could spend a whole couple of podcasts going through the entire and Friday 13th. And then there's Jason goes to space. Yes. There is one where he does the space and he takes on Manhattan and it gets more crazy. And there's a, there's a, you know, as we'll get to, uh, eventually, if he does take on uh, Freddy Krueger in a crossover, um, so you know, so again, this is almost like our own little crossover, Freddy and Jason, since we got them going on here. So, but we haven't gotten past four, so you don't know what happened. As far as you know, Jason Voorhees is dead. Tommy killed him, chopped him to bits at the end. Remember, he was all getting his mach- getting his, uh, his slashes on. You know, like Kai, the hatchet wielding uh, hitchhiker, <laughs> he was like smash, smash, smash. Only a few of you will get that, unless you've watched a recent Netflix documentary. You might know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, so, you know, but and again, Sierra and I will get into more Friday 13th films because I, I enjoy them. And I think they can't be fun. And uh, while I do think Part 5 is the worst Friday 13th film in the franchise, so it's going to be tough for me to rewatch that one, I will dutifully do it so that my daughter I thought can get you that. thought the Ghost of Space one was the worst one. Uh, Ghost of Space was fine. Um, it was a bit out there in terms of uh, believability, but you know, you suspend your disbelief and you're fine. Part five was just terrible. It is a terrible film. It's going to be tough to get through it, uh, but we will because we want to get past it. Cause you eventually want to get the uh, Jason versus Freddy and some of the later day films, which are fun um, as well. Did you have any problems with Friday 13th part? The first, first, first four films other than you didn't like the whole idea of the killer that was un, uh, unkillable. Um, the only thing was the disgusting kill where he chopped the guy in half. Mm. When he was walking on his hands upside down, he chopped him right in half. Yes, I mean, for me, one of the most iconic kills in the franchise is when Kevin Bacon bites it. But, <clears throat> but definitely one of the second iconic kills is, is when uh, the poor dude, he's walking on his hands, gets macheted in half right up his junk, which has to be painful <laughs> and embarrassing. But, you know, Jason didn't spare anything. He's like, all right, boom, kill you. Um, what was your favorite kill? That's your uh, that was your favorite kill. What was your least favorite kill? No, that was my least. Favorite that was your least favorite kill. Oh, gross. It was gross. What was your favorite kill? Of the first four Friday Thirteenth. Are you supposed to have a favorite death? Sure. I mean, everyone has a favorite death, don't you? I mean, everyone has a favorite. Wow, that was great. Um. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it's when they're in. Hmm. For me, it's when the couple's in bed, and and then 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 Jason comes from underneath with the. Right up, right up to the couple that are just got done making love. Right to the bottom, that was kind of one of my favorite kills Jason did in the first four films. I'm thinking, I can't think of any. Can't think of any that were great. All right, I like that one was weird. I, that one was definitely iconic. But I can't think of any others. How about this? This is interesting because part three was also known as Friday Thirteenth 3D, and you know the early mid '80s was huge for 3D. They had these. 3D glasses that were basically just red and blue colored lenses that would you put on over your eyes and things would sort of pop out at you. So when they filmed Friday 13th 3D, they filmed a lot of sequences where the action comes right at the camera. And did you find that technique to be um, annoying or did you notice it at all? Or I noticed it, especially when they made the knife go right for the camera. That right. one, that one, that one was, you could definitely tell they right. were going. Right, and the arrow, the one with the, the one with the arrow, with the, was the, uh, 
the crossbow, the arrow that comes right at the camera, right in the guy's eye. And the laundry pole. Oh, yeah, the it. laundry pole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they did a lot of that. Did you find that annoying or anything? Because it doesn't. I mean, it. I mean, it doesn't really do anything for a modern audience. You don't have three glasses anymore, and so you can't watch it in three D. I think it'd be fun in three D, but when you mm-hmm. can't see in three D, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it's cool though because you get to see some stuff coming. Yeah, right it's kind of, it is kind of interesting because it makes you realize a lot that sometimes maybe these films, you know, you, you do different techniques and something like you know the old old school three D just doesn't exist anymore. So you lose a little bit of that context when you're watching these types of films so very interesting okay um is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of friday 13th specifically before we move on to a nightmare on elm street um hmm. oh so one time when i was on a field trip we were driving past this car and my friend pointed it out to me they had like the bloody friday 13th mask like strapped on the like head of the um, passenger seat. Oh, really? It was so weird because they seemed to have no reason. And it was strapped like right on the head of it too, like it was a real person. Like the head cushion of the seat. So yes. it looked like it was, dude was driving with uh, Jason Voorhees in the passenger seat. Some people say God is my co-pilot. I guess Jason Voorhees could be your co-pilot too. I guess that we go that route. <laughs> Matt, my friend pointed it out to me. She was like, is that Jason Voorhees' mask? And I it was like, is. Yes. It totally is. Jason Voorhees is going to come kill us. Did you have any nightmares while watching Friday the no. 13th films? No? No. Do you think I'm a bad dad no. for what these films? You know, I, I have to agree. I mean, you know, um, for the parents out there that are looking for more of the guidance, uh, you know, there's going to be nudity. There's going to be some fornication. I mean, that's kind of the bread and butter of slasher films. I mean, if you know, what's the rules here? Um, if you fornicate, you die. That's right. You fornicate, you die. See, Sierra knows that. She didn't even have to watch Scream and realize that when you fornicate, you die. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things you learn. Um, anything else for Friday 13th? Was, uh, anything, what was your favorite Friday 13th of the first four? Mm, three. Part three. Really? That was your favorite. What was your least favorite? Two. Two. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, two was okay. Um, I guess my favorite. Uh, Didn't two have like the house though? Yeah. The, yeah, I like the house thing, but. Yeah, the house thing. Well, uh, the, yeah, the house. Than, yeah. Other than that, it was kind of blah. It was kind of blah. Yeah, I mean, the first one for the originality, the original one, and uh, you know, for me, it will always be great. Um, I, I do, th- you know, people, you know, there's a real love hate relationship with Final Chapter. Um, I like it. I thought it was great. I thought it was done well. A lot of people do not care for that film. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And I really do think the first four films make a nice, small Jason Voorhees canon. And, and again, there's other films that come by. We'll, we'll go the rest of the films. But um, I do like the first four films. So how would you rate Friday 13th if you're going to rank it? The it first one, I give a 9 out of 10. Okay. The second one, I give a 7.9 out of 10. All right. The third one, I give it a 9.8 out of 10 because I wish the sisters were in the third one, the two twin sisters, yes. the second one. Sure. And the fourth one, I give an 8.7 out of 10. 8.7. So you didn't care too much about Final Chapter. Hmm. Hmm. It was okay. Nah. What do you think? What do you think Jason Voorhees I like from? that he's dead, though. Anyway. Yes, he is definitely dead at the end of uh, Final Chapter. Where do you think the franchise goes from here? You haven't seen anything, so you know nothing. Um, What's your best guess estimate of where you think the franchise goes from here? So, Jason Voorhees is somehow alive again, mm-hmm. like all the others won in his ages. And then um, 
he goes on the killing spree like seven more times. Of course, he always has to kill people. The insatiable hunger for blood. Decides that he doesn't like the lakeside anymore. Oh, and he yeah. wants to go to the city, so he goes yeah. to Manhattan. Decides he doesn't like the city, so he goes to space. So do you think he gets to Manhattan by hitchhiking? Does he get on the road and like, yo, take me to New York? And people are like, hey, man, dig the hockey mask. Yeah, Come and on. then he murders the people that hitchhike him. So but, like Hitchhiker yes. Joe in that song, he, uh, he gets, takes him for a ride, then he kills him when he's done. Okay. See, like a little Steve Holtz reference in there for you with the rug burns. Yes. Um, interesting that you feel that way. And some of that's partially true, you'll see. Um, some of it may not be true. Um, one thing... I know one thing that is true. He probably does go on multiple more killing sprees, so... Yes, unless they uh, don't have Jason Voorhees. Maybe somebody else takes up the mask of Jason Voorhees, and it's not Jason Voorhees. What? Then none of my beliefs... That's true. Anything. Maybe Jason 2 or something. Maybe. I don't know. No? Jason's son. Jason's son? Wow. Well, he's busy. When he's taking time off from killing everybody he can put his sights on, he goes out and has little liaisons with young ladies and says, hey, let's have a kid. Oh, I think Jason would actually have a kid. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. Jason hmm. Voorhees' his son. Jason Voorhees' He seems surprised son. by that idea, so I don't think it's his son. <laughs> well, I think it's his daughter, would be. then. Ooh, Jason Voorhees' daughter. He or his cousin. His cousin. Or his uncle. His cousin or Uncle Bob. What about that? Uncle Bob Voorhees takes over the yes. mantle? Or I mean, Grandfather Voorhees. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe because Mrs. he Voorhees. was mad that his daughter died and then yeah. his grandson died. I don't know. Grandpa might be get, pushing a little up there in age, though, so... You know, <laughs> might be a little too old to wield a machete, but you never know. Uh, so, yes, check back for this podcast, Bad Dad Horror Podcast, where we remake horror franchises better, or do we? All right, well, that's enough for Friday 13th. Let's move on to our next film. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. What's the coroner got to say? It's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. We only watched the first one of this, so. Definitely. I think, did yeah, we? We only watched the first one. Okay. The next. Freddy? Nightmare on Elm Street. For some reason, I thought it was Freddy Krueger. No. Nightmare on Elm Street, right? It is. The film is called The Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a 1984 film directed by Wes Craven. And it basically features a protagonist named Freddy Krueger, who was um, who was a, well, I mean, 
he was a pedophile and um, was with children and uh, the town gets together and basically decides to do some vigilante justice upon and they Mr. Freddy Krueger. pour gasoline on him and set him on fire. They do that. And that's in, why he looks burnt. In the broiler room, correct. So that's why he does look burnt. Um, and then uh, as part of the, you know, as part of the, uh, the comeback had- of, you know, Freddy's you know, come back for vengeance and revenge, he uh, comes back from the dead, as it were, to haunt the dreams of the children of the people who basically killed him uh, in those days. So it's, uh, it, it, in many ways, it's very similar to Friday the 13th. There is a slasher uh, aspect to it, but in many ways, it's much different from Friday the 13th. What did you think between the two films? And what do you think about Nightmare on Elm Street altogether? I liked Freddy. Uh, no, I didn't like Freddy Krueger. He was disgusting. Big fan of Freddy Krueger. No, here. I liked Nightmare on Elm Street. I keep thinking the, the title of the movie is Freddy Krueger, so that's why I said that. But sure enough. Freddy Krueger is disgusting. Um, poor, I like poor Robert Englund's out there going, oh my gosh, I can't believe she said I was disgusting. Go ahead, sorry. I like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's gross. It is definitely more humorous. That you know, it's. it's it's one of those things um, that, you know, looking back on it at the time, I didn't consider it humorous because I was about a little older than you, I guess, when I first it saw it. It has actual smart people in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't just run right upstairs and say, oh, I'm going to get away from this killer by going upstairs where there's no way to get away. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, they could have just gone out the front door. But right. uh, every single time they could have just gone time, out the front door. Every single time. Just got the front door. Yeah. And... It takes them forever to unlock their doors. But anyways, anyways, sure. um, <laughs> he, he, it's funny, and um, I like the part where the girl, um, he like chased her to this like corner. Yep. But and she put her arm up against the like pipe thing, and it burnt her, which yep. awoke her because she felt the pain. Right. Well, it's, it's a good. Uh, but it's weird that she had the <clears throat> she had like everything that happened in the dream actually happened in real life. Yeah, that makes an interesting conversation is you know that is one of the things that set, sets uh, nightmare on elm street apart from other horror films is that a lot of it takes place in a dream state or a, in the dream world where you know freddy krueger is you know the big bad guy in horror in, in a nightmare type as setting in, in dreams and he can manipulate dreams um but you know where's that line between dreaming and reality and the waking world um, and I think that, you know, I think that they explore a lot of interesting things about how, you know, how, how aspects of dreams can affect our waking world. And I think that's part of an interesting part of the whole series. And, of course, we've only watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and there are good and bad films in the series, like any franchise, any horror franchise. Um, you know, I will say that there are some films in the franchise that get a little more outlandish, a little more, you know, cl- you know almost clown-like in their com- comedic aspects. Uh, and there are others that are really good horror films, so it's uh, we'll certainly enjoy that journey because we want to eventually get to that Freddy vs. Jason, but we got to put in the work. Um, but yeah, we thought this was a good place to to just watch it too. So, wh- who do you think was a better protagonist? Do you like or I guess antagonist, uh, Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger? I liked Freddy better. Did you? Huh? He's still disgusting. And so sure, is Jason well, apparently, Voorhees. you don't like dudes who got burns on a man. <laughs> That's unfortunate. He's still disgusting. Um, actually, you know what? Never mind. I like Jason better because poor Jason, poor Jason drowned and no one saved him. True. And poor Jason 
Jason Voorhees was certainly a victim. I just want him to talk. Sure. That's why I said Freddy Krueger the first time because I don't, I can't tell if Jason Voorhees, I can't tell what he's doing as much because he won't talk. Right. He needs to talk. Why do you think Jason Voorhees doesn't talk? Do you think like because um, he's part dead? Part or mute dead because of the water. I don't do you know. think his water evaporated his tongue or his vocal cords? He can't speak. Maybe. Do you think he ever speaks in the franchise? When he was a kid and he was drowning, he screamed, so I know he used to speak. Right, as a human in the beginning of the film, certainly speak. But do you think as an adult, after he's gone through whatever it is he goes through, do you, can, do you think he ever in the franchise speaks any words? Maybe when he's in space and no one can hear him. Maybe then he speaks or something. I don't know. It's space where no one can hear you scream. Oh, wait, that's another film, which we haven't gotten to yet, which we really need to. Um, yeah, no, I, it, 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 that's very intriguing. That That is another... That is another uniqueness of Freddy Krueger, is that up until this point, a lot Not of a lot of them talked. Yeah, a lot of slashers, um, you know, uh, Leatherface and uh, Jason Voorhees, naturally uh, Michael Myers. They Michael were the, Myers. They were the strong, silent type, as it were. Uh, they didn't really have a lot of words to say. They didn't taunt their victims because did they didn't. Michael Myers speak once? I can't remember if he did or not. Um, there, yeah, he does have one line I think in the entire franchise where he's uh, says something, uh, and I believe it was in the last film. Um, Halloween I can't think ends. Of the, Halloween ends. Yeah, I believe he says says something about. I can't remember what it is now, but I, I did do some research on that, and I can't remember it. So this podcast know. is definitely not living up to its name, is it? No. I'm well, I'm a bad dad for not having the research, not doing the, not getting the receipts. Uh, but I do believe Michael Myers has one line, and I believe it's in Hollywood Ends, and it's something to do with, and I can, I'm not going to butcher it. I won't even try, but because I know people out there are like, God, you dork! Of course he does. And there we go. Um, so do you, but yeah, so Jay, you know, Freddy Krueger is, is using, you know, he's taunting his victims and that's something that you don't really see up until this point. And again, when you go forward, you get more of the killers tend to have more personality. I think after Nightmare on Elm Street and the success they had, they said, oh, hey, hey, we can have killers with personality. That's interesting. And then a lot of films explore that and I think it's fun. But up to this point, no, there wasn't really much. So that was definitely unique. Um, one thing I did want to talk about is at the end of the film, and I, at the beginning of the film too, I think that's a good bookend to, the, to or Nightmare on Elm Street, but there's a creepy song, I don't know if you remember it, where the girls are doing jump rope and they, they sing the song, One, two, two Freddy's come. coming for you. you. Three, four, better lock your doors, which you never do because no. he's not going to come in the front door. But anyways, five, six, pick up sticks. No, that's a different one. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, better stay up late. Nine, ten. Freddy's coming again. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that's a very taunting sign. I mean, that, and that's certainly something that continues in the franchise, but it's also something that is, you know, it's creepy. It's very creepy. And likewise, that's another parallel between this film and Friday the 13th, is that Friday the 13th has a very creepy sound. The, uh, and, and it changes. Is it? It does change. It does change throughout the series. Yeah, and it's people you know fight over what they actually said during the creepy sound. But it is certainly a um, indicator that Jason Voorhees is near, and that maybe a killing is in the offing coming up soon. So, it's, yeah, whenever yeah. you hear it, it means Jason Voorhees. Right, and it, again, this all goes back to Psycho. I mean, Psycho was the one that started. They had the whole violin. 
And of course, if I was a better if I was a better man, I would have had that queued up on the keyboard on the uh, soundboard, so we could have heard the actual noise. Maybe if I'm maybe if I think about it, I'll actually put it in here. But you know, Psycho had a certain noise. So there's a long history of horror films, and and you know, the antagonist having sounds or a jingle or something associated with them that kind of sends them apart. Uh, yeah. What do you think about there too? Which one did you find creepier, the Jason or the One Two Freddy's coming for you? Which one, one Two Freddy's coming for did you? you? Yeah, yeah. They hardly ever say it. I think they say it once in the first movie. Yeah, at the end, that's the you know in the end when she gets out and it's all a dream and or she thinks it's a dream and everyone's still alive and she gets in the car and it ends up being a Freddy striped car convertible that comes up and she realizes that she's not quite awake yet and car goes off erratically and then you hear that the girls you pan over to the girls doing jump rope and they sing the creepy song one two three come for you yeah it's pretty creepy that's much creepier yep um i will say when i because i want to know what he's saying or else it's not creepy because he could because it could just be help me help me i got a splinter in my foot maybe that's it man maybe it's a whole uh, well, I don't want to say because it it's a film that I want to get into at some point. So, um, <clears throat> but maybe, uh, maybe Jason Voorhees is misunderstood, and uh, maybe he was an actually a good guy and just wanted somebody to take the splinter off his foot. Who knows? But then why would he chop people up in half? I don't know. He he's got guy. he's got some issues. You know, we all have we all have different <laughs> issues. But but yeah, but the what if that was just the trees rustling? I mean, it could have been, but regardless of what it technically was, it was certainly put into the film to Something designate Jason Voorhees. Like about the Friday Thirteenth series, is there not nearly as many fake outs as there are in mm. many other series? True. Because f- when you hear that sound, it's either the singular fake out in like the entire franchise, yeah. or it's Jason and yeah, that's it. or it's his mother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that definitely came on later beyond these films uh, in the horror genre itself is the whole concept of fake out or the you know the whole building to a crescendo and then no so that you know the whole no. the whole you know building your suspense and tension then letting you offer a bit and then it's like nope we're not going to give it to you and then you know so they build it again and build it again so that that was definitely something that came in later after the original friday 13th and, and nightmare on elm street and then they fake you out with the actual like like the like the sound and like that makes you think you're gonna do it mm-hmm. and then they just do it randomly like five minutes later when you when you when like you expect it to happen before and then it doesn't happen right. and then you don't expect it to happen and then it happens right and you're like but i should have expected that because it was so obvious that right. it was gonna happen but you, you didn't you've seen enough horror films by now so you should expect the unexpected right yes you, like, expect it, but you don't expect it because you're right. not supposed to expect it. But Stealing then when you expect it, then Brother. it's so obvious. Right, totally obvious. Yep, and uh, one last thing I'll touch on Nightmare on Elm Street is, much like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street did have a huge cameo or smaller role for a young aspiring thespian by the name of Johnny Depp. And I do know that you know who Johnny Depp is. Yep. Primarily, yep. Tell, tell the listeners why you know who Johnny Depp is. Obviously, by the John, the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial, that's been over, like the internet 
yep. and social media. So apparently, and this is news wow. to me and it blew my mind, it still blows my mind, and that's why we're talking about it here, is that apparently fifth graders are all up in Johnny Depp and Amber Heard business. They are apparently following well, we this were. trial. That's, that's old news. Yes, it is old news at this point, early 2023. But it blew my mind. I no, it's not early 2023. It's early 2023. Oh. No. oh, okay. I thought you were saying I'm that letting our so listeners okay. know what time of the year what year it is since maybe they'll be listening to this 20 years from now they'll be like man when was this podcast recorded It'd be like 2023 oh okay 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 yeah, yeah it is old news it is old news it is old news now but that's where that is your cult, cultural touchstone of johnny depp which i find hilarious because he's been in so many films and the last thing in the world i would equate him to would be the johnny depp amber heard trial thing but that's where people, your generation. That's that. That's your cultural, cultural, cultural touchstone. Blah. I can speak today. So that's that just blows my mind. Uh, but this was a film. So were you fun? Did, was it fun to see Johnny Depp show up in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yep. I don't think he makes it either, though. No, he definitely dies in a bloody mess on the bed. In the oh, he was the ble- bed one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a bloody mess. So, anywho, so he didn't last long, much like his co- cohort, uh, Kevin Bacon. Um, definitely did not I'm last. I'm not going to spoil anything, but we just watched one where someone that I knew actually lived for once. Oh, really? All the other people that I know actually die in horror films. Mm. But one that I knew actually lived for once. Interesting. Stay that that's what we call a tease in the business listener. So stay tuned. Maybe we'll get back to that in the later podcast and see can say, This is who I was talking about. This is the film I was talking about back in this other podcast. See, we're making our own MCU over the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. All right, Sierra, let's get brass tacks now. What did you think of Nightmare on Elm Street? Did you like it? Yes. Would you like better Nightmare on Elm Street or the Friday Thirteenth films? Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? So you're Team Freddy. I'm Team Jason. Hmm. Interesting. Be very interesting to see us go off, and when eventually the film. No, comes but in. I want Jason to win in Jason versus Freddy. Though. Really? Okay. Why is that? Because he seems. I mean, obviously he's horrible because he's sure. a serial killer. They're but both, they both have some negatives to him. He seems like a better guy than Freddy. A lot of cons, not many pros. So Jason Voorhees is... And, and, and yes, I, I would say that Jason Voorhees, while they both kill a lot of people, he has a more tragic uh, story. You know, drowning and, you know, then... And not being a pedophile, you know. I mean, you know, people. You could argue that that Freddy Krueger brought upon all the negative, all the bad things in his life. He brought upon by being a bad person. So, uh, I definitely get that. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Where would you rank it? What would you give a rating? Nightmare on Elm Street, a solid nine point forty-five out of ten. Nine point four five out of ten. That's pretty star. That's that was pretty good. Um, and, um, again, I asked the question if, if we watch every movie, do you think I'm a bad dad for letting you watch A Nightmare on Elm Street? No, no. But, um, I feel like one of the bad parts is the bed explosion, mm-hmm. the tongue through the phone. Definitely the tongue through the phone. It's a little weird. Uh. Did you get any nightmares from watching no, Nightmare on Elm Street? No. no. So it didn't live up to its billing? Did not give you nightmares? Okay. Did you, um... Did you do? You, are you interested in watching more Friday Thirteenth films going forward? Do you want to get in that series, or are you kind of like, yeah, I've seen Freddy, I know what he's about. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, I do we'll, want to see more. All right, we'll check back in. And that's uh, another thing we'll kind of we'll kind of leave on this note is, uh, again, we we kind of evaluated first through eight podcasts of how we're doing, and you know, Sierra and I have gone through a lot of classic films. We kind of got. You know, I kind of had a lot more mapped out going forward and, and things, but we're really going to kind of – one of the things I wanted to turn this podcast more over to is now that we've seen the basics, we've gotten through Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, I really want Sierra to drive what we watch. And then I know she wants to watch a lot of more recent films. And I think like the Jordan Peele films, the uh, Scream films, these are the type of films that I think she wants to watch. But she knows that – you know, I know that I wanted to give her a more broad base on horror before we got into those films because they, they, those films play such a huge homage to the films that came before it. So um, so we got through a lot of those. So I think at this point going forward, while we're still going to try to stick with, you know, more the historical, I definitely am going to, you know, be more, you know, understanding if she wants to watch something else. So I think you'll, you'll get a, a good blend of historical classic core films as well as new films, as well as films that, uh, we'll pair a new film with an old film. Uh, for instance, uh, spoiler, a uh, coming episode you might see is the film Smile, which we both watched and enjoyed. But it's uh, with the, the idea of the curse being passed on, it reminded me a lot of The Ring. So at some point, we're going to watch The Ring and then have a podcast between those two films and see how it goes. So going forward, that's what we want. Again, you can let us know if you think that's great. You can check us out at baddadhorror.com or you can always email us at baddadhorror at gmail.com. And we would love to answer your questions on the podcast or anything else that comes up. It's what we love to do. We love to talk horror. Sierra, do you have any parting thoughts for this podcast? If you have any suggestions, you can let us know what to watch on the site. Absolutely. I, I'm a huge fan of horror, but I don't know every horror film. And there are films that I didn't like, but other people like. So, you know, I try to steer steer away from those. But, you know, maybe there's some ones that you may enjoy that we can check out. Well, that's kind of it for now. So until next time, we'll be, be back. Right back. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Well, if you stayed past the credits, you'll get a little post-credit stinger this time. I can't believe I messed up the out the outro. You I'll, said be back. I know it's I'll we'll be right back. See, this is how we need to record more frequently. We will. We make that promise to you because unfortunately we can't even remember our own outros these days. Anyways, y'all have a great time, and we'll talk to you next time. Later. Bye.